Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. My show, the Talk to Q Radio Show, it's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Cool. Oliver here. Oh, thank you for having cool. me on your show. So awesome to be cool. here with you and all your listeners. Cool. No, I ain't telling you don't screw. Screw is cool. cool. Oh my goodness. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what cool. I meant. Mean. <laughs> You know, we need more shows like this because people need as much relationship help out here as they can get. I was told that I was a man leader. Well, I am pro-woman, but I'm not anti-woman. I know the value of a good man. Does that make sense? I like that. I'm going to say that again. Cool. Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And on tonight's show, we'll discuss Donald Trump and um, the things he said last week. A black kid in a monkey T-shirt, and we'll discuss um, Dr. King and you know yesterday's MLK Day. You know what would be going on if he were still alive? We'll speculate on that. But before I get started, uh, let me explain to you how this show works for those who may be new to it. This show is a platform for you, the callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers. All of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit 1 on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 757 will kick off right after um, a word from one of my sponsors. Well, not sponsors, one of my supporters. Listen to The Crystal Show for celebrity gossip, amazing interviews, musical guests, and the most fun to be had on internet radio. Check out the past and new podcasts at thecrystalshow.com. I go on and on, can't understand how I last so long. I must have the superpowers, last 223,000 hours. 
get it calculated, do the math. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me let me let me chill out. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number for the Talk to Q Radio Show. All right, and chilling. Well, literally chilling on this wintry night. I know for those of you up north, you have it bad. So uh, my thoughts and prayers for you as you get out there on those roadways. Down here in the south in Jackson, Mississippi, it's a holiday. I mean, we don't uh, handle cold weather very well. So whenever we get any type of cold weather, usually results in a day off. Uh, schools closed, daycare is closed, so therefore people stay home. And it doesn't take much. I mean, you could throw a cup of ice in our yards and we won't go to work. That's just how we roll. But it is like 20 degrees here. There's a real field temperature of 9 degrees, which I don't understand the whole real field thing. I mean, I don't know if it's any different than wind chill or not. It probably isn't. But if it feels 9, as far as I'm concerned, it is 9. So I don't quite get that. But uh, we could actually be flirting somewhere around zero degrees in the next 24 hours, which um, I don't know if that's ever happened in my lifetime here in Jackson, Mississippi. But uh, so trying to keep warm. I got a glass of uh, Doucet over here. Or I think you can ask a Doucet. D apostrophe U-S-S-E or apostrophe E. I don't know. I got a couple of apostrophes. You've never had it. It's very good stuff. Goes down smoothly. And um, I normally don't necessarily promote anything on this air you know, unless I'm getting paid for it. But uh, when it's good stuff, it's good stuff. Let me go through the phone lines to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Florida. So welcome on the man in black making his way to the ring, the homie Buck. Buck, what it do? <laughs> Man, it ain't What up, what up? I mean, it's cold here, too. It's only 36 now, but it feels like it is in the 20s. Um, we're actually expecting some snow flurries ourselves tonight. Pretty good pretty good bit um, down here in Pensacola. And this will, be the, this will be the third time in the last three years that we've gotten snow. Uh, we had a, got a little dust in a few weeks when y'all got – a few weeks ago when y'all got six into the snow. So um freezing rain early, changing to snow overnight, low of twenty one degrees. Ten and it will feel like five degrees in Pensacola. So we're four hours to the south of you, so it ain't I mean we're getting it too. So like you, I'm enjoying a nice adult small little bit of Canadian mist. So um That's what's the Canadian mist coat. But uh yeah we're gonna get a little bit too. So we're not, you know, not really, don't really like that kind of stuff just for ourselves. But we got Wisconsin weather down here in Pensacola and down in Jackson again. But you know what? This is a good thing for everybody that's down in this area because the colder it is now, the colder the Gulf gets. The colder the Gulf gets, the weaker the storms are in the summer. So I'll take this little bit of cold weather, you know what I'm saying, for the second time I this hear year. You. Well, I mean, I might even fire the, fire up the fireplace tomorrow if I'm, you know, if everything's shut down again. But, uh, yeah, it's just a little different. I know folks up north are like, it's negative 30 here, tripping about 21 degrees. Well, I'm from the south. You know, stop complaining because every time it gets 85 degrees up there, y'all die. So just stop complaining, all right? All right. 347-202-02. I'm sorry. That was insensitive. 0215 is the number on the Talk to You Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. And, but let's go ahead and get into the quote that President that President Trump dropped last week. Now, I mean, it's something every week or every other day, maybe. But uh, this one really upset some people, where he referred to some hate, referred to Haiti and some African countries or what I like to call some of the dark-skinned countries, as being assholes, all right? And for those of you, figure that out and then uh, go to Urban Dictionary, okay? But, uh, of course, he says he didn't say it, but 
Republicans and Democrats both have confirmed that it was said a couple of times uh, within this little closed-door session. And it's just another incident with this particular president. But again, this is talking about other countries, which could affect allegiances and things of that nature. How do you feel about what was said, first of all? Uh, what I mean, what do you think about his comments on those countries? I mean, do you think there's some validity to what he's saying, or do you think it was something that didn't need to be said, or both? Well, there is some validity about what he said. However, when you are a president of the United States or, or a leader of any country, there are just certain things you just don't say, okay, regardless of whether it's true or not, okay? We know that there's some, you know, they're, you know, they're not finan- you know, economically equal to, you know, the rest, of the, you know, some of the other countries in the United States, you know, in, in the world, okay? Um, that, it doesn't take rocket science to figure that out. We all know that, okay? We know they've been hit, Haiti in particular has been hit by, you know, you know, all kinds of storms and things of that nature, Puerto Rico, all the areas, Africa, you know, we know it's, you know, it has not, you know, gotten up to speed with the rest of the world, okay? It don't take rocket science to figure that out. But when you are a leader of any country, there's just certain things you just don't say. You got to have some, some sort of tactfulness about you, okay? You already got, I mean, first of all, everybody already called them racist. You know, he didn't denounce the KKK, whatever, okay? He's already getting the wrath. Now, if you want your presidency to be successful, why would you think calling those countries shitholes would make it any better? Um, it's just not a smart move by somebody that is a president. First of all, he's pretty much run the presidency like a bully, okay? He's bullying people. Throwing people, you know, he's firing people almost every week. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, and he does not, I mean, just because you, if you don't have experience, you have to put people around you that have experience. And if you're not willing to listen to those people, then you're going to make mistakes, okay? You know, every every day you hear him saying he's doing this, that, the other, when all he's basically doing is riding on the coattails of President Obama and what he has, what he has done. Or he's trying to things that he's done just so he's trying to make himself look good. Um, so at this stage of the game, you know, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, wait a minute. You know, he has the lowest presidency rating of any president this soon in the in the office. Um, every day you're saying something about some, you know, him being impeached. Um you know, they don't like his policies. He's throwing people out of the country that's been here 30, 40 years. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Then you're going to say this? Dude, if you want to stay president, you might want to change the tune a little bit. I mean, because, first of all, if you're not a one percenter, he ain't got nothing to do, you know, people. Y'all need to listen. This is a public service announcement. If you're not in the one percent, he don't give a shit about you. That's supporters and non-supporters. So you really need to open your eyes and smell what he's shoveling because he doesn't have your interests, the American people's interests at heart. And when you're just going off the handle, you know, saying this, that, and the other, and you know he said it, and then he's going to call it fake news and all this other bullshit he always does, people, you got to pay attention. You know, we have to start, we have to stand up for ourselves. And if we ain't going to stand up, then we're subject to whatever bullshit he puts out there. Point blank, period. All right. So, I mean, at what point do you think everyone will realize that President Trump is either a racist or racially insensitive, or do you disagree in that he's neither? Well, at this point, it's showing that he's something. We'll just put it that way. Um you know, if you're going to be for American people, you have to stand up for everybody. I don't care what color they are. I don't care what country they are, whatever. You know, this is land of the free and, and home of the brave. And at some point, you have to, if you're going to be the president of this country, then you need to stand for all Americans. That's everybody that's in it, everybody that's here right now. you got to stand for them. 
And if you don't, you're not going to stand for them, then who's going to stand for us? We have to stand for us. Um, and that's what this is about. I mean, if you're not going to stand for, if you're not going to, you know, this dude, you know, this is, this is tripped out. I'm going to bring this up because I think this is, is, is important. He was all about NFL need to stand up for the national anthem. Well, they put the cameras on his ass, and he didn't know the national anthem. Now, this is our president of the United States. I don't think I've ever seen a president, any president, not know the national anthem. Not even Barack Obama, who he said he sang that national anthem. But this president did not know the national anthem after all that bullshit. Trump. All that stuff he started about, you know, knowing, you know, you should stand for the national anthem. You're outstanding, but you don't know it. That's that's puzzling. It's, um, I mean, this is the guy that you know. Oh, you don't stand and all this. You got to know it, son. You got to know it. So there's a lot of things. people. Y'all got to wake up and start looking. Hey, he's disrespecting yeah. the truth. You disrespecting the United States if you don't know the damn national anthem. Can we go there? You went there. You don't even know it. And you the president of the United States. That's sad, brother. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now, and I think a lot of people are blinded because there's so much discord in the United States. Because, and, you know, we look like the laughing stock right now. We don't know what the hell is going on. We don't know what's going on. So we need to stand up as individuals, as people in this country. All creeds, all nationalities need to stand up and fight for what's right and what's yours. This country is ours. Okay, It doesn't belong to President Trump. It belongs to us. Okay, So we need to do those types of things. We need to contact the people that we need to contact and do what we need to do to stand up for our own rights. Because if we don't do it, nobody will. Yep. You got to fight for your right to party. All no right. Doubt. The fact that President Trump suggested getting immigrants from Norway, you know, out of all places, what did, what does that mean in your opinion? What do you think it means? Read between the lines. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know that you know they tried to smooth it over and try to say you know the president of Norway or whatever the leader of Norway was there and all that. And that's the reason why I said it. Okay, you know, regardless of whether it's true or not. The other statements, the definitely, you know, the way you stated about the other countries, doesn't matter whether the president of Norway was there or not. It shouldn't have been the the derogatory statements that were made about those other countries should not have been said. Period. So that made it even worse by saying that. Okay, the people in Norway don't want to come here. Okay, they don't have crime. They don't have unemployment issues. They don't have all the stuff that they have going on over here, okay? So why in the hell do they want to come over here? They don't, okay? So Trump can say whatever he wants. You know, the fact that, you know, he said those types of things, just stupid. And, you know, really, really stupid. All right. Well, uh, overall... I just feel as if um, Trump, maybe it's because of his past, his history, he gets a free pass. Um, and, and 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 that's why, um, kind of like people give uh, Charles Barkley a free pass for some of the things he says. Once you develop a reputation, people tend to allow it. Now, with him holding no, the there's office... No, there's no free passes. There's no free passes. There's no get out of jail free card. I don't give a damn if you're president or not. Don't even go there. <laughs> and uh, I mean, well, the, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, Charles Barkley's been on TV for a decade. So, and I like with Donald Trump, he being the president, you would think he wouldn't get a free pass, but he does. Uh, people sweeping under the rug. His supporters, some of my Facebook friends, are big supporters of his, and you know, the only thing they had to say about his comments is that they agree. You know, so, I mean, 
nothing changes no matter what this guy says. So it's another one of those things that will piss off other countries, make them feel a certain way about us, while we tend to kind of turn a blind eye or, or turn away from the situation. And it's, it's further driving a wedge between us and other countries. And eventually something's going to happen. I'm a, I'm an alliance that we, that we really need or, you know, something is going to happen that's going to hurt us. And it's just a matter of time. But, uh, you know, Donald Trump wants to do away with the dark skinned countries. You know, he wants to bring in some, some, uh, fair, uh, how's it, some fine upstanding people like Norway, you know, from what I understand, Norway has like great health care, free education and things of that nature. If anything, they probably think the United States is an asshole and they don't want to come here. So um, exactly. that might be something we need to look at as well. We need to probably try to be like Norway more so than steal some of their citizens. All right. So, Buck, did you see the picture of the kid in the, the T-shirt that said uh, it was a black kid? who was a model for H&M, um, H&M clothing store. And this black kid was wearing this T-shirt that said, coolest monkey in the jungle. And it upset a lot of people, you know. And he wasn't like the typical light-skinned, frizzy hair black person we see on most commercials um, because people think that's more acceptable. This was a dark-skinned little brother. So how did you feel... I'm assuming that you've seen it. If not, I just described it. How do you feel about H&M's catalog photo of the black kid in the monkey T-shirt? Well, first of all, a lot of times when these kids, you know, these kids are just looking at dollar signs. They're not really, they don't understand the relevance of where we have come from as a as a person. So as a result of these types of things, you know, they're just looking at the money aspect. They're not looking at, they don't care, you know, where we've come from, or the, you know, or they just don't know. So as a result of that, you know, he probably didn't understand, understand the significance of being mad, you know, of, you know, people being mad, you know, because of him wearing that and what it actually stands for. Now, even if he was told what it stood for, he probably still doesn't care because, he didn't grow up in that time frame, okay? But that's where we have fallen. We have, you know, there's certain things that we can accept and there's certain things we shouldn't accept, okay? Yeah, we got to end the racism somewhere, okay? I get that, and I understand, and people should be mad for him being stupid, so stupid to wear something like that. But in the same sentence, you know, he probably did not know his parents did not tell him because his parents are probably just as young as he is playing video games, whatever. And, you know, he's just trying to make an honest buck. You know, at least he's not out there slinging dope or, you know, you know, doing something like that. So, yes, the people should be mad. But this is where we have dropped the ball. You know, there's no family. There's no village. So, you know, those things get typically upset. Yeah, we got to get over those things. So really, we should, we should just turn, you know, we should let it roll off our back. But I understand the sentiment. So, you know, we kind of got to get back to basics and start teaching people. But at the same time, let's not teach racism or teach those kind of things. You know, they shouldn't be done. And the people that, of the catalog place, they know better. So we just we'll just leave it like that. I mean, something you mentioned um, that's important. You said that the the kid didn't know any better, all right? Yeah. And maybe that was the case. Now, of course, his his mom was okay with it, and I heard the kid was getting a lot of money to be a model, so that might be why his mom was okay with it. But let's just focus on the kid right now. The fact that he doesn't know any better doesn't mean that we need to teach him, or do do we need to just let him stay in the dark and, and with hopes of one day that it will all go away. We need to teach. Okay. This is this country is kind of everything's going kind of backwards. Okay. I don't give a you know. We need to teach all all aspects of our country. Everything needs to be taught. We don't need to leave anything out. You know. 
We don't need to leave the Civil War out. We don't need to take, you know, take any monuments down or any of that kind of stuff. It needs to be taught, first of all, because it is part of our history. We learn from our history. So even, you know, even the slavery part and all that kind of stuff, and I'm not a big advocate of, you know, seeing slave movies and all that kind of crap. But at the same time, we need to know about these things and so we can learn from them so we don't go back to that kind of lifestyle. These things are important. So we need to teach. We need to educate. And we need to move forward. Okay? So, you know, we can't, we can't just, you know, I don't have a problem with rebel flags being up in states. So a lot of people do. I understand why. But you know what? It's part of our history. Okay? So we need to embrace it. As long as it's not used in a negative light, so what? I grew up in Mississippi. There's civil rebel flag on the damn on the Mississippi flag. I don't give a damn. Skip it. But I know a lot of people out there that may maybe still alive or maybe, you know, for whatever reason, they don't like that. Everybody got a right to their own opinion. I'm good with it. You know? So this comes a point to where you gotta keep going. You know, I, I think it's important that we teach. You know. Now there are some folks that feel like, hey, if you don't teach, you know, different things about racism, then it'll go away. No, it's never going to always, it's never going to go away. But I think it's important that people know their history. Now, how they respond to it is what we really need to focus on when we teach them. Okay. How they respond to it. Because it's, it's one thing to tell a kid, hey, they used to call black people monkeys back in the day. And so anytime someone makes a reference to you being a monkey, you know, that's offensive. Okay. It's one thing to tell a child that it's another thing to, you got to teach your kid how to respond. Okay. Um, You know, if someone calls you, if a cop calls you a monkey, you may not want to take any action at that point. Yeah. You're going to be upset, but you know, anyone that has a gun, you may want to think twice about doing anything out of the ordinary. Someone calls you that at school, yeah, maybe you do want to swing on them. I don't know. I mean, how you teach your kid is your business. But not only should we teach children, both black and white, what not to do and what to respond to, we got to teach them how to respond. Just like we teach kids, our black kids, that, hey, this is not cool. Don't let anyone say this to you. White people need to teach their white children, hey, this is not cool to say to minorities, you know, whatever that may be, don't say this to them. And so it has to go both ways. Exactly. Exactly. But and that's that's, all right, that's so, what we have to we have, that's what we have to do as individuals. And I think, you know, since we have so many kids leading kids, that's why we don't have what is necessary. We don't do what's necessary to to teach our kids. When it's not teaching them. We letting we letting social media, T V and computers Tablets and those kind of things teach our kids, and we're not, we're dropping the ball, and that's the reason why there's so much discord. Yeah, I mean, there just has to be more communication on both sides. All right, because we have something. I mean, every year we see it. Every year, someone does something monkey related, or someone comes out in blackface on Halloween. Or something along those lines And they say well I didn't know First of all there's absolutely no reason For you not to know because the internet Has thousands of examples Of people doing stupid stuff and paying for it Alright but even still It falls on the parents You know to teach people Why this is not cool Why you shouldn't do that And if you're not teaching your kid that Then you know you're probably a racist Or you're racially insensitive I don't know either way it's not good Okay, you're either a racist or you're ignorant, so you can take your choice. But um, but they had some people that went into H and M, I think, up in Canada, some some uh, uh, some young black guys, and they trashed the department store. They went through kicking over clothing racks, pulling down mannequins, 
they trashed the store um, to show their displeasure with the whole black kid in a monkey T-shirt thing. Uh, how do you feel mm-hmm. like this should have been handled? I mean, the controversy came out. People got upset on Twitter and all this other stuff. What's the best way to handle something like that? Well, first of all, it's, it's hard to be upset, you know. But at the same time, you don't you don't go tearing up, a, you know, a whole store the way these these rascals did it. Because if you do something like that, then you need to be arrested. Um, it's all right to be mad and upset, but to to go tearing up a store because of it is stupid. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't get to the root of the problem. All it does is cause more problems. So what they did was wrong. So they should be arrested, thrown in jail, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law uh, for destroying that store. Because all that does is if I want to go to a department store and go buy something or go to Walmart or Target or whatever store I decide I want to go to, it drives up my damn prices. So if it does all that, then if anything, I want to beat their ass for tearing up the damn store because millions of Americans or whoever, where I think it was in Canada, you said, so people up there in Canada you are having to pay for you destroying that store. So, I, I mean, it's just like when, you know, even if the president says something that's, you know, not cool, what are we going to do? Go tear up Washington, D.C.? What does that solve? We didn't we didn't solve anything. Um, it's just like when Rodney King got shot. They were riding over there and they're tearing up all the all the stores in the in the area. What did that solve? It didn't do anything. It just showed how ignorant we were, you know, and it makes us look bad. So if we want to get to the root of the problems, then we need to sit down, talk about it, bring bring the two two sides together, sit in front of each other and see if we can try to, you know, get things going, you know, in the right direction. That's the only way we solve anything is sitting down talking and trying to figure out, you know, what our differences are and try to come to common ground. That's the only way you solve anything in this world. And going tearing up shit and and messing up things and make it bad for, for everybody, and then that's when stupid laws come up that don't make sense and all this other kind of crap. And then we're going, like, well, why is this? Well, you know. Didn't sit down. You didn't go vote. You know, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. And that's why we have this. Oh, maybe I should have went to vote that time or something. Or maybe I should have. Maybe I should have talked to my councilman. Or maybe I should go talk to my senator or congressman. Oh, get involved. And so many people don't. And that's why this country is fucked up. Common sense got to come come to play sometimes. You would hope so. Not always the case. So, but all right, man. So when is all said and done? Yesterday was, you know, recognizes Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, uh, or Robert E. Lee's birthday if you're racist. Um, and so, <laughs> and so, you know, Dr. King, if he were still alive today. First of all, would he still be in the game? Would he still be, in your opinion, trying to fight for civil rights? I be, yes, he would be still in the game, but I guarantee you we wouldn't be – I think we would be a whole lot better off if he was here simply because when Martin Luther King was ahead of his time back then, okay? And the thing is is that he would have – we would, the Al Sharptons, the Jesse Jacksons, they wouldn't have been fucking up like they fucked up, okay? They would be trying to be and emulate him, you know. He was our last great true leader, okay? When he died, somebody was supposed to pick up the ball and run with it. Yeah, I'm quite sure it was a few people to pick up the ball or the baton or whatever you want to call it. But that, that baton laying down people. And, you know, we don't do what we need to. We always pass the book and, and lay blame instead of trying to take charge and do something. Uh, the only one I've seen take charge anytime in, anywhere lately 
is actually Colin Kaepernick. He's doing it. He's doing the damn thing. And a lot of people, you know, it took a little while to, for, for some people to understand, including me, why he did what he did. But you know what? I like what he's doing. He's standing for what's right. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty cool to see because, I mean, he gave up a football career that was in the in its infancy, okay? And he just laid it out there, and he just said, screw it. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to get it done, and I'm going to stand for all my brothers. And he's doing it. And, you know, he, he's a humanitarian. He's doing great work out there for people. That's what it's all about. He's standing up for what's right. And if more people would stand up for the right reason instead of just trying to get notoriety, this country would be so so much further ahead, like what Colin Kaepernick stands for and what he's doing, and he's doing what's right, even though at first it didn't seem as such. I mean, so let's say MLK is, is still alive. Do you think he would have gotten in politics, maybe even made a presidential run or something, or – you think he would have just kind of stuck to what he was doing and kind of hung out in the church and made his public speeches whenever he wanted to do that? Yeah, I think so. I think he would have. Uh, I think he would have. I think a presidential be it would probably be what he would have done. And uh, that'd have been nice to see if he was able to make a president run. And. Uh, be able to, you know, lead this country. It would have been really, really nice. He would have been, probably been the first black president. Um, he may have been, you know, maybe a senator or congressman before that, um, maybe a mayor or governor. Uh, I'm quite sure in some form or fashion he would have been in political office of some some degree. Yeah, it makes you wonder, man, what how things would have gone down if he was still alive, where we would be as a society. Um, you know, will we be better off? Will we be worse? Will we have different separate factions? I mean, it's hard to wonder, harder, you know, to know what would have happened. And then by him dying, that kind of forced a lot of people to kind of pick up the baton and do some of the things that got us where we are today. So would that have even happened? And would we be as far as we are today as black people had he not um, actually been shot? So, so much to speculate on this, man. It's just, it's one of those deals where, you know, as a, as a black man, I don't, now, first of all, let me say this. I don't, I think Dr. Martin Luther King was, one of the greatest, if not the greatest person um, person for civil rights. But there are a lot of other people who don't get credit, or who did a lot that tend to get overlooked. I mean, we always want to talk about Dr. King. We always want to talk about Rosa Parks and, and people like that. And, you know, of course, Malcolm X. But there are a lot of people. Well, a lot of people don't talk about Malcolm X like they should. But, um, you know, there are a lot of people who get overlooked and we're going to approach black history month pretty soon. And I, I, I will just challenge people to try to learn something about a black person. Maybe you've never heard of. Okay. You know, try to understand what the black Panthers were all about, because if you listen to, you know, like people on the far right, they'll tell you the black Panthers were a militant group and, I guess by definition, maybe they were, but they did so many good things for their community. Okay. And yeah, a lot of things kind of ended violently with them, but it wasn't necessarily of their doing. Um, it's almost like they were systematically hunted down, so to speak. And there are just so many people who have contributed to the civil rights movement. And just last week, um, Edgar Ray Killen, who you know, ironic his last name. Edgar Ray Killen died in jail. 
And Edgar Ray Killen was, uh, well, first of all, he was, how old was he? He was about 92 years old. 92 yeah. something. Yeah, about 92 years old. And during the Freedom Summer of 1964, there were three men, James Cheney, Andrew Goodman, and uh, Michael Swerner, who were murdered in Philadelphia, Mississippi. And Killen, mm-hmm. along with um, a deputy sheriff, was um, was accused of assembling a group of armed men who conspired, pursued, and killed these three civil rights workers. Okay, and uh, this guy named Sam Bowers, who was the Grand Wizard of the local Ku Klux Klan, had ordered that these murders take place and acknowledged that Edgar Ray Killen was the main the main instigator. And so, at the time of the murder. In the you know 1960s, no one cared to put white people in jail for killing people who were helping black people, and so it was a long time before he actually went to jail. I think they retried him, and sometime back around 2005 or something like that, and he ended up going to jail in 2005, and he was supposed to serve a 60-year sentence, which, as you can see, he didn't make, but um. <laughs> Initially, his his release date would have been um, the earliest he could have gotten out was 2027, in which he would have been 102 at the time. And so, you know, you have all these things going on, all these different parts of history, not just Southern history, Mississippi history, but all of this is part of black history. Okay. Those three civil rights workers were a big deal back in the 60s. And it's something that people still talk about to this day. My grandmother was actually, um, let's see, up near near Canton, Mississippi, um, in an area called Farm Haven, which is not too far from Philadelphia, Mississippi, off of Highway 16. Yep. She actually mm-hmm. helped make breakfast for those three guys a day before they went missing, if I'm not mistaken. And so these three yep. guys stopped in the area. And, you know, people were really helpful back then, especially when you were part of the Civil Rights Movement. These two Jewish Jewish white guys and a black man, all in their early 20s. And these, mm-hmm. you know, people stopped through. And I don't think it was at my grandmother's house. I think it was one of her relatives' house houses. And they were there getting breakfast. I guess they knew someone there. And my grandmother was there helping out, serving them breakfast. And so, you know, this kind of hits home because I've heard a lot of stories about this. And so when we look at, you know, when we observe Dr. Martin Luther King Day, it's more than just a triple header on TNT of NBA basketball. Um, it's more than just a 30-second commercial on the I Have a Dream speech, which um, is, is a great speech, but um, if you hear a speech on Vietnam, you really have your eyes open on some things. That's probably what got him killed. And w- when you start to look at these things a little from a different point of view instead of what's being presented to you, I think it would help people raise their own awareness regardless of color to help you raise your own awareness to what his vision was for um, black and white people and everyone in between. And uh, I'm sorry, Buck, I've been kind of doing an Eminem and running off at the mouth, but oh. if you want to comment, you're more than welcome. No, I'm I, I'm actually enjoying you saying something for a change <laughs> because it's good to hear did your grandma had you know had something to do with that? I mean, our parent, our grandparents came up in a time where things weren't cool, and um, you know where things where you had separate bathrooms and separate water fountains. You had to go in the back and ride in the back of the bus and all that kind of stuff. So it's good to hear. I mean, some of the stories, um, and that's why it's so important that you have you know grandparents that've been there, done that. And um, get in experiencing things, and coming up in that time was was different. It's very different than what if it wasn't for you know those civil rights workers that you know stood up for not just their own, you know, not just for us, but them too. And you know, so we could all get along and have a good time and have you know be able to hang out with friends and go to you know class reunions and you know you know jump across lines, you know, dating and all that kind of stuff. If it wasn't for those guys dying, you know, they made a sacrifice so that we, you know, we can all get along and have a good time together. Um, it's important. 
so it's good to hear those stories and good to hear that your grandmother had a you know witness history. No doubt, a lot of history, and her. 92-year-old 92, 92 mind. I'm sorry, not 92, 94-year-old mind. My grandmother's 94. Mm-hmm. A lot of history yep. there. And so, all right, one thing, and we'll get ready to shut this thing down, but um, you know, Oprah made her speech on the Golden Globe, and I'll be honest with you, um, I haven't heard it. So, <laughs> I probably should <laughs> take, take a listen. I'm not going to necessarily comment on it, but it made a lot of people, you know, kind of hype. And people were saying, you know what? Oprah could be president. And, I mean, what do you think about it, Buck? I don't know if you heard the speech, but, I mean, what's your take on Oprah Winfrey possibly being a presidential candidate in 2020? Yo, Buck? I would say no. I'm not a fan of Oprah, okay? Um, never have been. Um, she can run for president, but she wouldn't get my vote. Um, you know, my thing is, is that, you know, she needs to – it's good that – I'm glad that she got up and made a good speech. I have heard the speech. I heard it. Um, I made a point to pull it up on the internet and take a listen after everybody was making such a fuss about it. This speech was great. But Oprah really kind of, she kind of riding the coat, you know, she's just trying to ride Obama's coattail too much, okay? First of all, Oprah, you, Oprah has to be herself, okay, if you're going to run for president. You have to be genuine. Okay, the last election, neither one of those rascals Deserve to, they shouldn't have been running, let alone be trying to be president. Neither one of them, okay? Worst presidential election I've ever seen in my life, okay? Oprah Winfrey has not done enough for her own kind to run for president. So now all of a sudden, you just, now you, you know, you're talking big and bold and brash. And I've heard some of her comments, uh, seen some of the, you know, excerpts on Facebook and some of the social media outlets. About some of the things he said, and they're comparing them to Obama and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? You've got to be yourself if you're going to be a candidate. Okay? You have to be real. Okay? You have to genuinely care about all Americans, not just one set of Americans. And I think that's where Obama has kind of, where he messed up when he was a president, definitely where Trump is right now, 45, as a lot of folks call him, where he's messing up. Um, even Bush is messed up. We need a president that's going to look at all of us and try to do something for all people, not just that person or this special interest group or this one or the, just the one percenters or even themselves for their own financial gain. I mean, there needs to be a president that's going to genuinely look at all facets of America. The middle class is gone. Okay, that's why they're. That's why the, you have poor and rich. There's no middle class. We have to bring the middle class is the backbone of this country. Okay, we have to fix the middle class. We got to bring the jobs back to the middle class. We got to bring insurance back to the middle class. We have to do, you know, the middle class people are, are people that don't like to live paycheck to paycheck. They're people that have money to do things. Even in the tightest of circumstances, they're written this not that way anymore. So the next president of this country needs to look at that that aspect of things. Healthcare needs to be tweaked. I didn't like Obamacare, but we had to start somewhere. It needs to be tweaked. It doesn't need to be gotten rid of. It needs to be tweaked. So therefore, you know, this is the thing that trips me out. China has free healthcare. Canada has free healthcare. Okay, we'll just say Norway has free health care. Why does the United States don't have it? Okay, we need to fix that. we got to fix that. With all these other big countries, our allies have health care, then we need to fix it. Deregulating everything is the reason why we're in this mess, okay? That's the reason why. Cell phone bills are high. 
That's why phone bill, uh, cable bills are high. That's why the insurance company has run them up. Um, that's why the the hospitals can, you know, they start building on the hospital every five years. Oh, I think we need another hallway. Let's go ahead and just redo the whole damn thing. We just need a hallway, but that's, we got enough money. Aspirin only costs 10 cents to make, and you're charging me $100 for an aspirin? That's a problem. <laughs> that's deregulation. Okay. When a Motrin costs pretty much the same thing, and I'm, I'm paying $300 for a Motrin in the hospital, that's a problem. Um, these, when you deregulate, they run amok. Okay? So while he's over there, you know, loosening up all these regulations and all this kind of stuff, we're going to get ourselves in a bigger problem unless we put a cap on it and start doing the things that we need to do. So over as far as president concerned, no, I don't want to see her as president unless she's going to get in there and actually get people around her that have political experience and actually run for all Americans, not just a select group of Americans. And even though her speech was eloquent, it was cool, it was well needed, and I'm I'm glad that it was out there, you know, got some people pumped up about the next presidential election. Uh, I'm I'm really happy about that, but I can't stand for Oprah unless she makes the necessary changes needed for all Americans. Yeah, I, I'm not down for Oprah being uh president either. I don't not another celebrity. I mean, that's that's essentially what she is. And um I mean, and then Oprah ain't necessarily down for everybody anyway. I mean, yeah, she speaks up for women, but she I mean, I'm not aware of her necessarily speaking up for black people when they get killed. But um, you know, I, I just I, I don't like the idea that people have now that if you're famous, you can you can be a uh, be president. You know, that's the only requirement. And I, I just I don't like that at all. I, I don't. I, I want to get back to where maybe someone who actually goes through what a lot of Americans go through can maybe get in um, office. And I know that's kind of hard to do, but um, you know, because you have to you be rich. What? I think what needs to happen is it it needs to be kind of like a draft, okay? And what I mean by that is you need to look at people that, you know, when you're looking at presidential candidates, I think we need to change we need to change things up a little bit. We don't need to look at rich, ridiculous businessmen that have been on television. We don't look need to look at former movie stars like Ronald Reagan. We need to look at people that, you know, that's grassroots, that's, you know, doing what they need to do. Not necessarily, not necessarily governors of states. You need to kind of look at the mayors of cities. I think this is where, you, I think this is where the new age president needs to come from. You need to see how they lead their city because most, I mean, cities are big. I mean, some, not all of them, but, I mean, there are some big cities throughout the United States. Let's see what drives you bring to the area, how you keep your downtown, how you keep your road and your infrastructure. Those, you know, these are people that understand grassroots people. They see everyday people every day. They know what, what they need to do to bring to their area to make that area thrive. This is where I think we need to be pulling presidents from from the mayors of different cities throughout our great nation because they know, they're they closer to us, you know, than anybody else. Governors are not really close. You know, they're in the capital city. You know, they come out when there's a natural disaster or, the, you know, a big event, you know, or some celebrity or something are coming or something like that. Or maybe, you know, if there's something big, you know, that may bring money to the state, they'll show up. But your mayor is there every day, okay? He's not he's not too hard to get to if you have a if you need to. Hell, you might even see your mayor, you know, out at a restaurant or something like that. That's where I think we need to pull presidents from because 
they see American people every day. They're doing things for our, our people every day. And they understand what needs to happen to make things better. If their city is crumbling and, and they're not, not really doing anything, and or, you know, then the mayor like up there in damn Flint, then, you know, he don't need to be in, you don't need to be running for president. But if you got somebody that's running the, running the city and doing the right things and bringing jobs to the, to the area, looking out for people, the crime is low, that's somebody you need to kind of look, you know, I think that's where, you know, I wouldn't necessarily look at senators and, and, and congressmen and all that kind of stuff because half of them jokers, you know, you know, that, that they need to be gone anyway. You know, let's look, look at the new blood. Let's look and see what they're doing in the cities. And I think this is where Republicans, Democrats, and independents need to be starting to look when it comes to trying to select their next president, not a movie star or talk show host. No doubt. No doubt. Even though this talk show host, host you know, maybe. <laughs> Well, All right. There's Here always and there's always an exception to every rule, and this happens to be one of those exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And let me go ahead and get ready to wrap things up. We have zone coverage tomorrow, talking about the divisional round playoffs, previewing the championship round Playoff. next week. Playoffs. Um, don't forget, there's a Good fight on Showtime this weekend with, I believe it's uh, Lamont Peterson and uh, Crawford, or is it Errol Spence? I think it's Errol Spence Errol and Lamont Peterson on Showtime this, this Saturday, so that's going to be good. But yeah, zone coverage tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern. The Talk to Q radio show will be back next week. We will talk about, you know, do men leave with their wallet? You know, the other day we talked about women and thinking that as long as they got a big booty that they can get anything they want. Well, there's some men who feel like if they got a couple of dollars in their pocket, they can give in get anything they want. We'll get into that next Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the Talk to Q radio show. Go to TalkToQ.com and sign up for the email newsletter if you want to keep up with when the show is coming out. And um, in a few weeks, on February the 6th, we will have our last live installment of Let's Talk About Sex. I have a guest who will be on to have some fun with her. So you want to definitely check out Let's Talk About Sex on February the 6th, 9 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Buck, shut it down your final thoughts, man. Man, awesome show, dude. I mean, I love talking politics because, you know, I don't always bring it up. and I don't, I don't talk too much politics on social media because my views are very different than a lot of other other people's views, but on this show, it gives me the platform to talk about politics. But I, when I talk about politics, I talk about it from a common sense approach, because you have to look at life with common sense. You have to look at American people with common sense. And when you take a political office of any stature, whether it be, you know, city council, whether it be, you know, mayor, governor, senator. Congressman, president, you have to be tactful because you're representing, first of all, you're representing your party, whether it be Republican, Democrat, or Independent. Secondly, you're you're representing all people where you're supposed to be, okay? So with that being said, you know, you, you have to have tactfulness. You have to know how to talk, enunciate and not bully and try to, you know, just, and you know, kiss everybody off because you really don't know what you're doing. Or maybe you do know what you're doing. You're just trying to keep up a bunch of drama so everybody else can not know what you're actually really up to. Um, something needs to, something happen. I mean, there's a lot of people being fired in Washington. And it seems like something, even some of the ones that's close, close to them, and the ones close to him being fired, and then they're coming out saying saying things and saying that you know things are not right. Something up with that, whether you want to believe it or not. So, I don't know what the answer is. Nobody has the answer. 
you know. But we all need to kind of keep our eyes wide open. We need to pay attention, eyes and ears, because this is our country. And in order for us to get it back to where or get it to a place where we want it, it doesn't have to get back like it used to be, make, you know, or stealing his words saying make, it, make America great again. The only way we're going to make America great again is stand up together and fight together. That's the only way we're going to make it great. The president can't do that. We the people can do that. Did, I, did you understand what I just said? We the people can do that. Not the president can do it. We can do it. So we stand together, shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, and get this thing done. That's what's going to make it great. But we got to stand up for ourselves. I'm not saying stand up for everybody else. I'm saying we got to stand up for ourselves because that's what's going to have to happen in order for this country to move forward. We're at a crossroads. We're at a crossroads. So instead of sitting up there complaining or hating on somebody because of their skin or, or whatever the case may be, y'all need to stand together and fight for what we believe in. You know, you sitting over there talking all that shit, but you ain't got nothing in your wallet. Okay, living in a dilapidated home, have a beat-up car, whatever. But he's doing shit for you. I don't see what he's doing, but making your situation worse. So, well, you making yourself making yourself look worse by saying he he's doing everything for you. Stand up for yourself. Go talk to the necessary people you need to be talked to, so you can make things better. That's the only way we're gonna do it by standing up together and fighting together as brothers and sisters. So as the the guy with the monkey shirt, dude, I, I understand where you know people are pissed off. Um, for him doing that, but we got to get back to basics, grassroots approach to raising our kids. We can't let the the computers, the social media, and other youngsters raise our kids, even if we may be youngsters. Um, we have to get back to it being a village if, you, if you're in a broken home. But most importantly, maybe let's try to get back in homes. Don't move away from family. Try to stay near family so you can have some help so that village can be a little bit more important to raising your children. Let them get outside, play play, you know, play on the bicycle, play basketball, football, do things with other kids instead of just sitting up there playing video games all the time. Um, there's lots of things that kids now don't do that we used to do, and we need to kind of get back to that and, you know, make sure they play with other other kids too. Um, therefore, they can broaden their horizons at an early age so that one, when they get up, they don't have any issues. And finally, as far as Oprah being president, Orca, as I used to call her, because she's not Orca no more because she got, got herself in check weight-wise, um, not feeling her as president. I mean, loads of speech, but I don't think she will stand for all Americans. Um, and I don't think celebrity, you know, I know The Rock has kind of kicked the kick tires a little bit on the, on the uh, you know, being president. Wouldn't vote for him either. We need somebody that's got experience. We need somebody that's got experience with, with our people every day. Uh, I think the political parties need to really do a gut check. You know, look at some of the rising stars. But I think the rising stars are right here in your hometowns. Let's look at some mayors, not governors. Let's look at mayors and see what they're doing in their communities. And I think this is where we need to be plucking our presidents from. Um, if a governor is doing good in the state and he's done a lot and he's brought a lot to the state, okay, we can look at that. But I want somebody that's, that's help, you know, that's somebody that I can see if I go to the mall or go to the gas station. Or some, you know, you don't always see your mayor, but I'm just saying I think we need to kind of look at those, look at those areas for our next president because if they're doing good in their city, chances are they'll probably do good for our country. And great show, enjoyed it to the max, and looking forward to zone coverage tomorrow. Hopefully everybody can stay warm. It's a very frigid night throughout the whole country, <laughs> so uh, yeah. pretty cold. It's pretty cold. I mean, these temperatures that I'm seeing are just ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it this cold 
in quite some time in in so many areas. Twelve in Oshkosh, uh, that's in Wisconsin. Um, Forty nine up there in Washington. Fifty six in Nevada. Thirty seven here. Sixteen in Mississippi and Ridgeland. Sixteen degrees, y'all. That's just four degrees higher than what it is in Wisconsin. That is nuts. That is nuts. <laughs> Hard yeah. freeze warning. So uh, this is uh, unprecedented. Um, bring your animals in if you got them outside, um, and everybody enjoy a nice cozy he- evening in front of the fireplace or in your heater or warm up blanket or whatever you got. No doubt, no doubt. All right, man, I appreciate it. Great job, great job this evening. And uh, I'll chat with you on tomorrow with Zone Coverage, and we'll do this again next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Go to TalkToQ.com, sign up for the email newsletter so you can keep up with when the show is coming out. Remember, we only have uh, roughly a month before the last live Talk to Q show airs on February the 20th. So try to get in where you fit in before then because T2Q is running out. Everyone have a great night. Follow me on Twitter at Talk to Q, and we'll see you next week. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. <laughs> you want to be my blog lover. My name is Quincy. The Talk to Q Radio Show. But I do believe that the love for money and power most of the time outweighs their love for women. And this is my show. That's what I was saying too. I think I'm still doing a lot of toes with this. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?